This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Yo, welcome back to another episode of the Sober Life Audio Experience. This is your co-host, Brian Amaro. I'm sitting here with my man, Roman Brawley. What up, Roman? <laughs> Check you out. What's crackalacking? Yo, we're chilling. It's Wednesday, hanging out in San Diego. It's a little hot out. It is still warm. It is still warm out here. uh, Kind of humid, but you know what? We're doing it. Global warming might really be going down. You know, Al Gore was on to (laughs) something. Hey, we've got another phenomenal guest. I'm actually really excited about today's guest. You know what? Like, I reached out to this woman. I I like to say like six months ago and then we're we're trying to work things out and then just life got busy and we didn't get her on but you reached back out and you made it happen so thank you for that brian yeah because i'm excited about this i've been looking forward to this interview for a long time yeah follow her on facebook we see all the stuff that she's doing she is an advocate for those they are sick and suffering and she has a message and she's reaching the masses and she's really doing the work. She's she's showing up powerfully on social media. She's using her platform yeah. to really impact, to make a difference in this world. Showing up powerfully, vulnerably, with grace, yeah. like passion, energy. Shanda yeah. Lynn, what's up, girl? What's up, Shanda? Well, I really appreciate the introduction, and I'm I'm sorry when you reached out. He reached out on my Instagram, which is probably a better uh, place to do. No, we had talked, but it's okay. It was on me. I dropped the ball, which I do often. Aye, aye, aye. Yeah. Well, Instagram, at, it's a new platform. It's it's kind of everyone's going that way anyway. Yeah. Well, look, but, at, look at you, Rome, owning up to it. Yeah. Chandelin, thank you for coming on, girl. Yeah, We're so excited you. to have you. Um Let's uh let's just jump right in and go into question number one. Are you uh you down? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Question answer the best. <laughs> question number one, Shanda. What is your vision? Bum, bum, that's, bum. that's such an interesting question because I was talking about that uh to my friend here on the car right here and I think that comes back to like why I do what I do or what like ideally would be a, a wonderful thing to accomplish. And it comes down to my vision for anything that I do is having a world my kids can grow up in where I don't have to worry about them doing heroin while they're in middle school. Mm. My vision is to make that not a reality and uh, not even a fear or anxiety for other parents and for myself uh, because it's it's going that way and it's, yeah. it's terrible. And if we don't stand up the people who have been there and do something, then nothing's going to get done. Absolutely. So in an ideal world. You're absolutely correct there. That is a fear, and that, unfortunately, is the world we live in. But I think that with people out there like you and us and and others who are leaders within this industry and this movement, that that doesn't have to always be a reality. So thank you for that, and what a powerful vision. Yeah, nothing happens if nothing happens. Which leads kind of right into question number two, Shannon. What do you love? Oh, I love. And that's, I see, I didn't didn't study and get my answers off track. I I really love passion, Mm. which is uh, an interesting answer. But I love when people are passionate about something. I love being passionate about things. 
and just being moved by your own life experience and, and life happening around you. That's something that makes me feel loved. Well, you know, yeah. no one would be passionate if they didn't care. And when someone's really passionate, you always know how much they care about something. It's in their heart. It's in their blood. They feel it. Well, it's interesting you say that because, you know, everything is a reflection. And if there was one word that I would use to describe you, Shanda, it is passionate. I mean, the way that you show up on your videos, shit, man. Sometimes you get on a roll and it's just like, damn, what is, what is she even saying right now? <laughs> Serious. Well, I... I, I'm not the type that just keeps up with content or posts something because I feel like I have to update people. I only get on video when I uh, really feel something or feel moved. Like no, lately, no. you know, I, I'll, I'll come on and I'll talk about my kids or I'll show people in my life. But as far as video-wise, like I, I pour my heart into what I do. And I think if other content creators and other people with platforms did the same, we, we would change things. I really believe that. No doubt. No doubt. I love that. So question number three, this is typically the hard one. What is one book that has greatly impacted or shaped your life? Go Ask Alice and the Perks of Being a Wallflower. Oh, really? What's that about? So Go Ask Alice is actually probably not influenced my life in the greatest way, but she <laughs> wrote like a, a diary book. So she would write her poetry in there and her day-to-day life experiences, and she went through some rough things with drugs and and uh, some bizarre things, which I can really relate to um, as far as she, she took acid and did way too much and started becoming almost schizophrenic and something mm. similar happened. So that influenced me. And then the first of being a wallflower was very similar, another diary book. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw the movie. Haven't read the book. This was but. well before. I think I was like 15 when I read it, and I've read these books like four or five times. Um, Damn. But then, yeah, they're, I can't say it's like the greatest influence, but um, <laughs> it's something that made me feel something. So. Wow. wow. I love that you just said that, something that made you feel something. You know, I think a lot of addicts and a lot of people just in general are just looking to feel something, you know? Yeah. Trying to connect with something real. Well, let's jump into that, Shanda. Why don't you give us a little background history on who you are, where you come from, what's your deal, like, who are you? Hmm. That's an interesting one. I would say, first and foremost, I'm I'm a mom, but I came from western New York, where it's a small town, and I was raised in a middle-class Christian household, and honor roll student. I was the only girl on my football team. Damn. uh, (laughs) Check you out. (laughs) Well, I was an athlete. You you might not know that. (laughs) Be able to recognize that now. Wow. um, I constantly physically exerted myself. It was something that, again, made me feel something. I was able to let things out, and I was able to do that with uh, football and boxing and wrestling and all the things I used to do. Uh, but when I stopped doing those, obviously I, I fell into the, the life of drugs and all that. But my life now is, I think people have a misconception. A lot of people think I live it big. I, I, I don't. I live on a, you know, a very, what do I even want to say? Um, hmm. I just, I hold down my house. I got my kids and I have a very small circle and I travel when I need to travel, but at home, I'm mom, I'm, 
you know, the taking care of the house, uh, and I, I just, I'm, I'm like anybody, anybody else. I'm pretty normal. How, I would how many kids do you have? I have three. So one is four, one is two, and one is six weeks old. Damn. Oh, damn. Okay. Congratulations on the new one. How's that? Getting sleep? I'm, I'm, I'm getting it. But <laughs> 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 three is a lot. It's a lot different. Yeah. Than two. Wow! Yeah, they're little babies. So, when you were younger, did you uh, did you want kids? Was that part of the plan? Were no. you no? No, I actually despised children. I've n- I've never really had like a a liking for children. Like I like my own children. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I have such a small amount of patience that uh, you know. As luckily that stretches with my own kids, but no, I never wanted kids. I thought I was going to be like the businesswoman that ran the world that wasn't going to have kids to tie her down. Mm. Now I'm just the businesswoman getting my business started. That you know, my kids propel what I do. So right, different. But no, I did not. Well, it's interesting how kind of life just happens, yeah. regardless of your plans, which. I kind of want to jump into, you know, uh, you are an advocate for for recovery. So, which leads me to believe that you have experience either with substance abuse, addiction, or recovery, and or both. Yeah. So why don't you break that yeah. down? What's what's the deal? Uh, my least favorite thing to do is share my story, so I will sum it up, you know, quick as quick as I can. But. Uh, when I was 16, I got my tonsils out, and uh, you got the, the scissor, the coating cough syrup, and uh, a family scissor. member of mine. Huh? I said the scissor, the syrup, yeah. I'm yeah. very familiar with that. Yeah, well, my family member who had been experienced in, like, drugs decided he was going to drink my scissor. And, uh, you know, my throat was hurting and everything, so I had another family member went out on the street and bought me a bunch of, Vic- a bunch of Vicodin. And it was essentially over from there. I mean, I'd have, uh, I'd still drink. I drank bottles of liquor every night, blacking out, very violent person. I was not a great person to be around. You know, went through my phase of, I did a lot of psychedelics and then started believing that I, the world was not real and I couldn't recognize myself as like a human being. It was very, it was a horrible time. Whoa. Uh, like Inception. Yeah, like when I looked at my hands and feet, like it felt so alien, like I was in this alien body and all other human beings I met were like aliens to me. It was, um, it was horrific because I felt like I was in like this never ending dream for three years and I couldn't wake up. That should Um, be a movie. That, that needs to be a movie right there. Actually horrible. And the only thing that really made that stop happening was when I would take the pills. So I got to a point a few years into it i'm seeing the number 33 everywhere like everybody's an alien like this is for his had gone on for a long time and uh, <laughs> i decided i'm either going to kill myself because i like literally cannot survive this way anymore um felt like everybody was plotting against me it was it was horrible so i decided instead of you know i'll take the pill and say it, that makes it stop that's my blanket mm. And I did four years and um, ended up going through my first pregnancy addicted to painkillers and uh, had my son and I still didn't stop. Uh, And it got to around August or September-ish, September, October of 2014 when I said a prayer. Um, And any time I'd ever tried to pray an act of addiction, there would always be this voice there like, no, what if 
what if it really happens? Like, what if God really does take the drugs out of your life? Good luck. Where are you going to be then? You're going to be desolate. There's nothing for you mm. if you don't have these. But I said that prayer. And it was like a very difficult thing to do. I finally got through it, and I said, God, if you're real, take everybody out of my life that gives me drugs. And uh, my grandma, who had been on painkillers for 30 years, uh, enabling me for years and um, giving me painkillers, decided she wanted to get off of them. And then my grandpa, who enabled me as well with his Vicodin, uh, just found out I was stealing from him, which I had been for a very long time. He finally found out and called the cops on me. Uh, my other drug dealer went to jail, and my other one went to a three-year rehab within a period of just a couple months. I Holy mean, people crap. Were just- you know, I was going to ask you about, like, some of your moments of clarity, but, like, you're already going there. Like, I love it. It just all kind of, like, trickled down from this initial prayer. outreach. That's prayer. Wow. Sounds like your life just started getting cleaned up for you. <laughs> yeah, this was not, like, like I was saying, by my own will. This right. was something was divine intervention. I wouldn't have been able to do this without that. Wow. And I went and I on my mom's couch because I couldn't go to rehab. I had my son. I had nobody to keep him. And on wow. the third day of detox, I woke up like like I had been in a coma for like the last seven years. And I realized what was important to me and what I was fighting for. And I packed up my whole life and I moved down into my mom's house for six, seven months and I got myself together. And um, around the third month, I had prayed for a Pentecostal church. I don't know if you guys know what that is. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm familiar. I grew up around some Pentecostals. Yeah. Right. They're so holy too. rollers. Yeah, that was my home church, right? And I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to, like, on a whim, ask God for a Pentecostal church. And where my mom lives is, like, a tiny podunk mining, uh, coal mining town. There's nothing there. The only thing that's there is, like, a Catholic church. That's it. Mm-hmm. And I prayed for it, and like a week later, I'm in a Dollar General parking lot, and this dude comes up to my window in my car, knocking on it, and he's like, oh my god, I have something to tell you. And I'm like, all right, let me roll down the window just a little bit, because this dude's, you know, I don't know about him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's like, God laid it on my heart that you wanted a Pentecostal church, and there's one that just opened up down the street, and it happened to be two blocks away from me, and he's like, i just love to cordially invite no you this time. Oh, yeah. Wow. So, uh, Whoa. Are, no, are you serious right now? Like, that really happened? I'm dead serious. Dead serious. So I ended up Whoa. going to this church. Um, <clears throat> it was about a month in. You know, I grew up, and, and people talked about the Holy Spirit, and they said how it was real, and people spoke in tongues, and I was like, okay, I don't know about all this. Um, you know, I obviously knew God was real at this point, because he's, like, consistently answering prayers. Like, it's right. very bizarre happening in my life right now. And I'm like, you know, if this Holy Spirit thing is real, then I want it. And I remember praying for it, and I got baptized, and the pastor prayed over me. And on the third day, I started speaking in Arabic. I'm not even kidding. Arabic. Shut up. I don't, I don't know Arabic. And when I had received the Holy Spirit, I received this vision, and God told me, you're going to reach hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people. You need to begin to share your story and your poetry. And I'm like, do you even, like, know? Oh, my gosh. This? this is so crazy. Wow. Yeah. So I I am a person by nature where I stutter a lot or where I used to. And, you know, when he first asked me to do this, I'm like, I can't even get through reciting a poem without stuttering the entire way through. 
but I, I started doing and I started putting this stuff out there. And at first, you know, it just, it wasn't hitting home, you know, it was just barely being viewed. And I was like, this cannot possibly be the vision or the purpose. And I remember writing a scatter like two or three years ago where like, you know, God has given me this vision and, you know, I don't feel like it's ever going to happen. And then just like one day, boom, everything he told me that he wanted me to do and the vision he had is like, it's all right here. It's right now. And uh, it was wow. only after receiving the Holy Spirit that I was like straight up given that vision. Like I am not a person that's going to fake speaking Arabic. Like this is, this is all stuff that really happened to me. Oh um, my gosh. Yeah. I'm a weirdo. I'm, no, I'm a weirdo. I love this it. This is an incredible story. Like I've heard, I've heard some of your videos on Facebook. I mean, you got, you literally have millions of views. Like you have quite yeah. a following, and and you you preach, man. You're out there preaching the word. Like recovery is possible, and just to hear your story on how it happened and the manner in which it happened for you in your life, it's it's nothing short of a miracle, absolute miracle for you to even be here on the phone with us today having this conversation. Like the amount of things that had to happen in the order that they happened, it's, it's just it's it, just astonishing. I mean, it would be unbelievable if it didn't really actually happen like that, <laughs> you know? No, it, and you know, like this did not come without much darkness because mm. I'm going to go with weird stuff because since I've been five years old, I've seen, like, these shadow figures. I don't know if you guys have ever experienced it, sleep paralysis, anything like that. Oh, yeah. Well, like, I I did, and these shadow entities, like, my whole life have, like, stuck with me. And it wasn't until that point in February of 2015 with the Holy Spirit and all of that 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 stopped happening to me. But, wow. like, all throughout my life, I've been extremely tormented um, and just had a lot of negative demonic things around me. I, that's the only way I can uh, describe it. Bizarre and strange things have always happened to me um, and made believers out of people who weren't believers. Uh, and I thought, you know, the break is never going to come for me. I'm always going to be tormented. This is this is what my life's going to be. Mm. And uh, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't the plan. And I'm very, I'm very fortunate. Mm. And I try to put, you know, God into everything that I do, everything that I write, I try to glorify him in some way, because this is not because I was cool enough or followed the 12 steps or did any of these things. It's just that he wanted me. So. Wow. And and I want to jump into that, you know, as, as we're going to start wrapping up here, like I, I want to jump into what you're doing today, you know, because I think it is so important and like, I want to stress this. It, it is, it takes people like you. And the work that you're doing on social media, influencing those who are sick, tired, suffering, dying, right? Like this is the game we're playing where people are dying on a daily basis, thousands of people. And it's people like you and the work that you're doing. So just briefly give us a rundown. What are you doing? Like what are you doing today? What am I doing today? Well, I'm getting a sober coaching business started because I want to be able to work with people individually. But I think one of the greatest callings that I just came into about what needs to be done um, are these grandparents that are raising grandki- uh, grandkids due to their child's addiction. So, wow, we just you know, talked about that with yeah. our last guest, yeah. Shanda. That's so crazy. That's nuts. Really, really. Yeah. A lot of people don't. 
that you should let me know after this who that yeah. is because I want to be connected with them. Yeah, but uh, we will. It was it was a God thing. God laid it on my heart. I'm like, is this really even a problem? Like, I don't understand. He's like, just write a poem about it. Oh, and he, so I he, said. He said that last year, 1.5 million grandparents became parents because their kids died from o- o- overdoses or drug-related deaths. Yeah. 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 In our also, country. <clears throat> also, you know, I don't know if you know this, but Brian and I, about 18 months ago, we started a coaching business, mm-hmm. and we would love to support you in that. Yeah. That would be wonderful. I'm just, I'm starting out now because I... I'm, I'm a, if there's nothing else I'm good at, I'm good at motivating people. And Hell I, yeah, you, know, yeah, you are. That's where the passion comes from. Yeah, it, no doubt. It's just about making people passionate about their own life, and I think that's literally the key to recovery. Like, what you speak out of your mouth is going to become you. It's going to become your reality. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're only speaking negatively about yourself, you're going to become what you're speaking, and I try to put that out there. Yeah. I think what I'm doing today is, letting God lead me where he, he wants me, writing and putting my heart in everything, and I'm trying to find solutions for these grandparents right now because, you know, they're 60, 70 years old on my page saying, I work two full-time jobs and I can't even afford my grandkids' Christmas, mm. you know, and they're they're in their 70s raising toddlers. Like, I'm pulling my hair out at 25 raising toddlers. Wow. Um, and there are no resources. You could fill up 30 Super Bowl stadiums with the amount of kids being raised by their grandparents right now. Yep. 30 Super Bowl stadiums. Yeah. And just, there's, there's nothing for them. So that's, well, that was laid in my lap, and that's something I got to do something with. So well, damn, that's we, where I'm focused. We are here to support. Yeah. We love what you're doing. We are also on a mission to just create positivity, to mm-hmm. help be part of the solution. Yeah. And to be part of this movement, you know, of sober life, of sobriety being a better lifestyle alternative. So if there's anything that we can do personally, we got your back. Mm-hmm. For those that are listening, like, where can people find you? Plug yourself. Um, uh, Facebook. Facebook's the best spot or Instagram. So my Facebook is Chandelin. C-H-A-N-D-A space L-Y-N-N. There you go. And I think Instagram's like Chandelin Poetry. I literally just made Instagram as a joke. I was like, this is so narcissistic. I don't know if I can keep up with this. So I, I constantly, I'm very sarcastic on my Instagram and uh, make fun of my own narcissism when I post selfies. So I'm comfortable. Nice. Well, that's perfect, you know, and uh, we appreciate you coming on. We definitely want to talk in private about some of the stuff that we can do to collaborate and help you. And uh, appreciate you being on the show. And for those that are... Well, before we go, I got one last thing, Shanda. What what, okay. what would you say to someone right now who's suffering and in a lot of pain? Doesn't see a way, a way out, is just surrounded by the darkness. Your, your life that you could have right now is beyond your wildest dreams. Literally, all you have to do is step out of the prison and the confinement of your own mind because you're the only one that holds the key to let yourself out of it and reach out for help. A lot of people like are stuck in shame and they don't realize how many people are willing to help. Um, I wish I would have realized that, you know, a lot earlier on. But, uh, right. you know, you you hold the chains or you hold the key. That's mm. really all and um, to make a simple prayer, like what happened to me. 
Thank you so much again for being on our show. Um, stay on. We're going to wrap with you. And for those tuning in, thank you so much for another episode of, of the, the Sober, Sober Life, Life Audio Experience. The Specialty Produce app is the world's number one handheld resource on produce. The app features photographs, recipes, geography and history, taste and culinary applications on over 1,900 produce items. From apples to zapote, we've got your produce questions answered. Our app is available for both iPhone and Android. Download our app for free today.